Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire, and with us, as always, our expert in international monetary policy, Jake Frejo, a.k.a. Bono, because he is rocking the Bono glasses. Yeah, Max. Welcome, uh, Jake. Good, good morning. Uh, I actually never left the office. I just slept here. So, um, Really? Yeah. It's easier. Biden's gas is almost $5 a gallon, so it's easier to just sleep in the office. That works. But I will so I say that expert title. I did not. Yeah, you haven't no, watched Die Hard yet. No, I did not. Nope. I, uh, I, I do appreciate the title of uh, expert in, in international monetary policy. Today's a, a, a pretty scary episode because, as we know, the elites and the powers that be have this wonderful, um, what is a... Uh, Ability to tell the future, right? You know, we remember Bill Gates talking about a pandemic back in 2015. We remember Fauci talking about a pandemic and all of the foundational elements they laid out. And then all of a sudden there's a pandemic. And now we're all, you know, victim to their their foresight and, and, and the consequences of this pandemic. And, you know, to keep the, the narrative going and the fear going, we have another pandemic coming across uh the the table so i'm not sure if you want to open up with it but i'll I'll pull it up and you can explain it because i don't think this is as big of a deal as you do so i'm interested to see why you think this is huge go ahead put up my screen mr producer this was exclusive from reuters imf and 10 countries simulate a cyber attack on the global financial system so they ran a war game they ran a simulation of how all the countries would respond to a cyber attack against the global financial system and then basically, so they could see how different countries would react, whether countries would cooperate, whether countries would go into a every everyone for themselves mentality. Um, so that was run in early December. So talk about why you think this is a big deal, because I I like this, because like I, I like war gaming. Like, well, they did something similar. The they did, they did something similar this to this back probably in the beginning of this summer. Uh, it was called Cyber Polygon, where a bunch of firms came together and war gamed you know a backdoor access uh taking place to global supply chain infrastructure and you know what what the consequences would be and how how these nations would handle it uh, since everything is really done in the digital age as far as uh, supply chain goes now and Within by 2025, something like 35% of world uh, GDP is going to be e-commerce, entirely e-commerce. So uh, there are a lot of inherent risks in, in setting up a an economy that is based on an internet connection, kind of like uh, the inherent risks of having a country's election run off of an internet connection. Uh, but really is everything is being moved to digital platforming, be it currency, be it supply chain. I think it is a lot bigger issue. You know, people, when your electricity goes out, it's still like 
people's basic reflex to turn on the switch, right? Even though they know the power's out. Now, just imagine that's your banking. Imagine that's your supply chain. Imagine that's your ordering. And and anything to do with uh, digital finance, which more or less at this point, very few people carry cash. The banks have coin shortages, cash shortages. And eerily reminiscent of uh, predictions made about a pandemic sweeping the the globe. Now they're talking about another pandemic. And it's the same entities that pushed the idea of a global uh, health pandemic are now prepping themselves for a financial pandemic. And I, I think it factors into a bigger picture outlook of the idea of the Great Reset and all of these things that they've labeled as conspiracy theories of the right uh, quickly but quietly manifesting itself for the envisioned future of financial markets, financial uh, behavior of just everyday people. So that's my take on it. What do you think? Well, I think that if they didn't run these simulations and didn't prepare and didn't have uh, policies in place to respond to this and something like this was to happen. Someone was to hack into the global financial system and take the entire, at least the West money supply down. I think we'd be furious that they didn't prepare. Right. So I, I I'm of the mindset that it's always better to prepare. We, we, we run fire drills in the case that there is a fire. So people know how to orderly uh, make an orderly exit from the building. We have different police departments, different military units. They run different terrorism drills regularly to prepare for a response to things like anthrax, things like um, dirty bombs, just in case it happens. I don't have any problem with this. I mean, if if they want to simulate what it would look like if someone hacked the international monetary supply, right, shut down global banking, and just so they could see how they would react so they could come up with a game plan for what they'd all do in the, in the event of something like this. I don't have a problem with it. Um, I know that lots lot has been said about how the pandemic was planned and people point to the fact that there were different organizations were wargaming a pandemic. They've been wargaming pandemics since the, the Spanish flu of what happens if, what would happen if this, it, it's basically like, like a glorified model United Nations. Anyone who's ever done that in school, you get a bunch of people together, they represent different countries, you give them a scenario and then you, you see how they work it out. So I I don't have any problem with this. I'd be much more concerned if they weren't game planning, if they weren't preparing for catastrophes, because then they'd just be cashing a paycheck, sitting there doing nothing. Well, I mean, the catastrophe is already in the works, you know, so it's it's rather than rather than find ways to stop unifying global financial markets and making them so interdependent and so fragile based on that global collectivism that they're actually just seeming to streamline it to get it to that point as if it's an inevitable reality and almost preconditioning people to uh, understand it and see it as such. I mean, the whole the, the whole operation was called collective strength. And yeah, maybe we're a little bit biased or maybe I am. But when the IMF and these entities that you know pushed for the european union and and all of these really globalist uh conglomerates of 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 unifying stripping the power from the people and nation states and autonomous you know nations and, and and lumping them all together 
are now the ones saying, you know, what is the what is the risk we face here? It it seems to me to be a conflict of interest. Well, I think you're going to have a hard time putting the genie back in the bottle. The world's economies are interconnected. You'd have to go back over 100 years to stop that from happening, especially when it comes to like electronic payments, digital payments. You'd have to stop like telegrams. Like <laughs> you have to go back that far. Um, I mean, th what they're doing here stems from the, the school of international relations known as liberalism, not to be like misconstrued or, or confused with American liberalism. Li liberalism is just the idea that countries are interconnected and because they have trade with one another, because they have agreements with one another, they're less likely to engage militarily with one another. Um, so I, 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 I don't see anything particularly wrong with this. Now, if you were able to point out that the people who are running these simulations are simultaneously planning to um, planning to hack the system, that would be different. But what I see here is I, I see a, 10 countries and the IMF sitting at a table and saying, well, what if this happens? How would we respond to it? What would we do? Um, I don't have a problem with it. Well, this is, this is going to be something that, you know, pulls together the the ability for them to implement a, I mean, in the instance, a global economic crash, financial tragedy or crisis happens, this is essentially the, the precursor to them saying, well, we're going to do a great reset. This is fundamentally the, the groundwork for uh, a great reset to understand that more or less they're saying that it's going to happen and because so much of it is resting on digital dependency, even a solar flare large enough would, oh, yeah. would send us to that reality of a great reset. Yeah, yeah, it would. And just so we can say the specifics, what, what these participants in this IMF simulation ultimately concluded is that in the event that something like this was to happen, they would coordinate bank holidays to make sure that all the banks were closed. I mean, that tends to be what you do after a major financial crisis anyway. Implement debt repayment grace periods, um, different swap agreements, and coordinate delinking from major currencies. Now, that's the scary part because that <laughs> delinking from major currencies, you'd be looking at the U.S. dollar, you'd be looking at the euro, and you'd be looking at China's currency as the it's ones. one uh, world currency. China would yeah, well, not one world currency, but no longer being reliant on the the dollar. That's how I read that. Right, the and countries wouldn't up, be relying on a dollar. Opening up the platform for a one world currency, where entities that are really pushing ideas like this, IMF, World Economic Forum, uh, would you know say, well, look, oh wow, everything got annihilated. Here we go. We have uh, the world dollar, or whatever they want to call it, but it is. One of the more important steps for the ultimate vision of of, of true globalist uh, of power of of being able to seize everything in that in that fashion. Yeah, I th I think that it would. I mean, we can, we can just disagree. I think it, you probably see the opposite. I think if you saw a ha the hacking of the world's financial system, I think you'd see extreme hesitance from countries to going to another centralized world um, banking system. I think you'd see countries going back to their own their own currency. Like, like why would a country want to rely on this, the, the infrastructure security of U.S. banks? Like, why, why would they want to rely on European banks? Now, I, I think you'd have a lot of countries going back to their own 
standardized currency in in their borders and uh i mean th- that would be I mean, my that would be I my mean, yeah but in 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 some scalable sense the eu already did that they did that with the euro and you applying that same logic that the 20 something countries or however many is 12 maybe 20 something countries that got lumped under the euro most of them didn't want it you know the people didn't want it and it hasn't ended well for the european union so i mean as much as you say people wouldn't want it well it's still it's still got pushed through the euro is still in existence oh, yeah. after what when it came yeah. into 2001 or 2000 yeah and and you look you look obviously you can look in places like France Marine Le Pen she wants to get ditch the euro you look at um Greece Greece wants to ditch the euro for very obvious reasons they don't want to have to pay back <laughs> their debts to the European Union so there are a, a lot of movements within the EU to ditch the euro no they are not um they are not majority movements obviously um you have politicians in Spain who want out um Germany Germany is the euro so they're not really all that keen to leave but there's plenty of movements around Europe where where different obviously minority parties want to leave it's it's not like a, a sure thing anymore at all I, I think in my lifetime we see the French franc come back into existence I think it's just a matter of time I would agree I mean most of the 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 fallout of the euro is it was really uh socialized robbery of the sovereignty and, and financial power of those individual countries and you know it, when a handful of them went down in you know greece going down italy going down ireland going down you know it brings down the whole ship and that's where you know even with brexit you see what happened with Brexit, no one wants to be affiliated with that sinking collectivism. But here we are again with those same entities, WEF and IMF, pushing this. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's not even just that either. I mean, the UN's doing a lot of things because obviously the IMF is part of the uh, United Nations. Uh, it's it's a it's a side agency. You also have the WHO, WHO, and Tedros, the guy in charge of the WHO, said something really shocking yesterday. He admitted what <laughs> I, I don't think he was supposed to admit. Call it a Freudian slip, whatever, Mr. Bruce. Let's play that that UN clip. Uh, which clip is that? The one of the guy that we were talking about. You said you didn't recognize him. Ah. I will play that right now. <laughs> if you go to the pharmacy, we hear this over and over again. That's, empty shelves, no Joe test Biden. kits. Is that no, a failure? No, 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 no. That one was Joe Biden. We recognize Joe Biden. Um, the other one. The guy with the bad mustache. Yeah, yeah. Looks like a Bond villain. Yeah, he, he really does. This one? Emerging now of its benefits, especially yes. with elderly uh, groups, uh, senior citizens, especially above 65 and above 60. So if it's going to be used, it's better to focus on those groups who have risk of severe disease and death, rather than, as we see, some countries are using to give boosters to kill children, which is not right. Then the equity I- issue comes here. Instead of boosting a child in high-income countries, it's better to vaccinate the elderly 
in countries who have uh, the elders who, are, who have not been vaccinated, even the primary vaccines. So the equity issue should also come into, into play. From, from media team and also as... What is he talking about? He, 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 for a moment there, he accidentally said the countries are trying to kill the kids. They're trying to kill the children. And uh, I mean, what he's saying is real. He's saying that instead of forcing vaccines on children, you should, if you're going to vaccinate anyone, you should vaccinate the most vulnerable. But there's a moment there where he accidentally slipped that people are trying to kill children with the vaccine. Um, so we're, we're having Joe call in. Joe is driving. Just I'm not sure how he, shortly. what is it, like 1,600 miles he just is pulling straight straight shot yeah, from it, Florida it's to not Texas. a fun drive <clears throat> as someone who's driven to texas it's not a fun drive at all but uh mr producer i just gave joe the call-in number um, I, I, as we wait for joe there's uh you know trump was asked recently what what does he think about digital currencies and he says he thinks it's an entire scam and there are a lot of a lot i mean peter schiff and when when the pandemic happened, I, I didn't connect this until recently, but all this money in PPP loans and all the fraud, they read an article, and we briefly touched this earlier on another show, that $100 billion, and it's probably more than that, but $100 billion is being uh, hunted down, and while well, they're attempting to recover it, because it was all fraudulent, you know, people opening up companies and getting ridiculous amounts of money and then running off with it right and then what did we see in 2020 you saw this push uh this narrative that cryptocurrency was a safe hedge against the devaluation of the u.s dollar but in reality uh it's looking like a bunch of that money got uh, illicitly obtained and then pushed into the cryptocurrency market so you have these things that are ultimately worth nothing with like Shiba Inu coin has a market cap bigger than Deutsche Bank, one of, you know, biggest firms in, in Germany with yeah. billions of dollars in hard collateral against their liabilities. And then you have something that's not even real that would all fit onto a thumb drive with a market cap or a valuation of that, you know, that surpasses that of a bank with actual hard collateral and assets and has been in business for, you know, a hundred years. And the reality of it is, is a bunch of this money got flooded into cryptocurrency markets for the purpose of laundering it, for the purpose of cashing it out, ending the paper trail, and then you, then it becomes this mainstream push by the banks, which screwed us in 08, and they've set us up again. And in my opinion, there's very large crash coming in all of this when, when they realized that it was nothing more than a vehicle for fraud and money laundering. And then you have these entities, international entities, talking about unifying the financial system and then prepping for a collapse of the financial system and the risks of that collapse and then factoring in that their ultimate vision is probably to have that one world currency in which they crash it, system has some horrific, un, un, unsalvageable digital collapse, 
right? Like you pour water onto your laptop and you can't, that's it, laptop's done. <coughs> Stick it in rice. Right. I mean, you know, pour, pour it more than the, the rice can handle on it. And then the powers that be come out and say, well, look, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's no fault of our, our own. We, we, be, we became too reliant upon a digital infrastructure. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, you're already seeing it now. China's phasing out banning cryptocurrencies. Uh, few other European countries have. It's only a matter of time before the central banks push it out. They've made their, you know, they make their money on it. They get all these kids to get on board and and trade it. They get their fees, but at the end, the, the banks are going to bag all the money. Uh, they're going to say that it's a, a domestic or national security issue with and, and there was a guy arrested in Texas or, or California for something like a million dollars and he got a million dollars in a PPP loan and then he put it into cryptocurrency. So th they just need a few heads to put on a stake, a few examples to make out of all of this. And then the Fed's going to say, look, federal government even in the United States, but more so, I think you'll see it more and more all across the country, are just going to say, no, we're done. Technology works, you know, the technology is going to be hijacked and used by the central banks. And then you're going to see a truly totalitarian state of personal finance. I mean, we, even going back to the beginning of the year, pushing to see, you know, $600, or if you have $600, or more in transactions on a bank account the IRS wants to see. And I think part of that was probably hunting down a lot of this PPP loan fraud. And there are tens of millions of people that took this loan. And you know, all you have to do is have one, one thing on the loan. And then it's public information. Like you can go and search a yeah. database and you, if you know your neighbor's first and last name, see if they took out a PPP loan. And I don't want to cut you off, but we do have Joe on the line. Alrighty. I don't know how long we will have him on. So why don't we bring him on, Mr. Producer? Hey, how You're you on. guys doing? How many miles Fine. are you at? Hold down the fort. We have we have 713 miles. We stopped in Pensacola last night um, to uh, get some rest. But uh, yeah, hey. Jake, quit being doom and gloom. If you're going to talk about doom on the IMF and what they're doing with technology, talk about the solution. You're crushing my soul, bro. I'm yeah, listening it's Christmas, to you and Jake. I'm like, it's Christmas, Jake. Yeah. Doom and gloom? Yeah, I mean, I'm just speaking the facts, Christmas. Joe. Listen, doom and gloom I'm sitting is here with a Santa hat. I'm Listen. sitting here with a Santa hat. You're telling everyone the world's ending. You need to starch that hat, Max. It's sagging it's a bit. That's fabulous. Hey, listen, it could be, you know, hey, everyone say hi to Josh. He's not going to be there. Uh, you're breaking up there. He is not feeling well at all. He does have it. He does have. He does have a Superman uh, outfit on. Can you guys? Yeah, yeah, you're cutting in and out. Uh, we saw Josh's duck right, mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, definitely uh, not feeling well. But we're gonna get him back. Maybe call uh, in Joe. I'm losing again. Yeah, Joe, try use the call in number because the. Uh, have you ever met? See if you can get him to call in. Have you ever met an optimistic economist? Mm -hmm. No, it's not doom and gloom. 
It's reality. Uh, Nancy, Pelo- Nancy Pelosi, she's very optimistic about the economy because well, she's yeah, going to win. Her anyway. husband's trading behind <laughs> the scenes based on her uh, her knowledge of everything. It's not doom and gloom. I mean, the solution is get away from digital. Get away from digital finance. I mean, the whole the whole point is to you know, it's, this is the great upload. It's not the pandemic. The great upload. It's it's all every component of your life and existence is going to be uploaded into a, a memory chip. You know, and someone's going to go, oh, he's talking about uh, you know memory. The metaverse. Thing. Yeah. No. No. It's the a, all of it. All of it. I mean, even like. Looking at stories on Instagram about like just stories p- people put on Instagram, and then all of a sudden, like all these ads for the metaverse, like buy property in the metaverse with real, you know, with real money and 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 own virtual real estate. And it's just so absurd that one, you saw cryptocurrency come to the table, right? And to some degree, I I, I respect the technology of something like Bitcoin, and then you have thousands of other coins that literally just turn into pump and dump manipulation scams. I mean, people just disappearing with millions of dollars of other people's money overnight and, you know, retiring. Uh, Joe's back. We got Joe back. Before you do anything, All right, Mr. Brewster, take that down. That was a that was a trip. Yeah, that sounded like something from a horror movie. I'm gonna go out on a limb, Mr. Producer Zach, and say you didn't do that. I'm gonna correctly. go out on a limb, Mr. Producer <laughs> Zach, and say you didn't do that. That was a trip. Go out on a limb. That was a trip. That was a trip. I'm gonna go out on a limb. That was a trip. I'm gonna go out on a limb. The fact that I just heard myself say that 18 times confirms that you did not do that correctly. Does Jake have Erlen syndrome? It's is that like an eye thing? Erlen Erlen syndrome? No, I wear I these know. glasses. I keep, I keep waiting for you to break out into song. Scotopic sensitivity. Like or What's going on? I don't hear anything. Are, are you hearing all those echoes or is it just me? No, not anymore. Not on my part. Blue light is extremely damaging to your uh, brain waves, and, and, and so when you stare at screens all day, working at a tech company, uh, it, Wait, it, you didn't just hear those echoes? No, no. Oh, I was getting like everything. Yeah, I was earlier, getting myself. Not, not for the past minute. Oh, no, I just, I just got it again. Mr. Producer, see if you can get Josh. Get Josh in here. See if we can fix it. Um, and while you're doing that, put up my screen, because we're talking about Metaverse. Talk about the digital age. Jake, you're going to want to sit down for this. If we put up my screen, Mr. Producer, did he already run out of the room? Sexual assault has already oh, started that's occurring. Right. In someone, the, got in the groped in the, someone got groped in the metaverse. Someone's Was it online Andrew Cuomo? digital avatar got groped. Was it Andrew Cuomo? And so, Emoji? So the metaverse is basically everyone puts on their virtual reality goggles. My headset's over there. Um, and then you just act as your own little digital person. So liberals are freaking out saying that sexual assault has already started happening in the metaverse. What I could tell you is welcome to the party. I was in high school playing Halo 2, got killed, and people were sexually assaulting my corpse That's after terrible. they just killed me in the game. So this yeah. is this is something that has existed in video games for decades. But liberals are trying to make this uh, make this a thing. Well, 
you'll be proud of this, but this is a Ready Player One scenario. This is, and it's uh, Josh and I had gone and we had we actually pre-filmed an episode on this of of the reality of all you need is a trackpad, right? You need a trackpad and a VR's headset, and I wouldn't be surprised if things keep going the way they're going. That ultimately people will, you know, another stimulus check comes out, and for some reason, like the price of that device will be enough to be covered by your stimulus check, the next one they send out. And then everyone is yearly in that Ready Player One environment. And you really, when cryptocurrency came out, I said, that's not going to work. And then it's happened. And terrifyingly, I mean, we're talking about trillions of dollars of capital in fairy dust. And then I was like, okay. And then NFTs came out. And I was like, that's incredible. Someone spent $64 million for a JPEG file. <laughs> you know, but a you lot can, of those are fake. A lot uh, of fake. What people do is they'll buy their, they'll sell their own NFT to themselves. Yeah. And the way it works is the transfer fees for these exchanges are minimal. So you sell yourself a an, an NFT. An NFT is just basically a picture that you can claim to own. You sell it to yourself. It then goes on the record as, as being sold for eighty thousand dollars, and then you list it a week later. For like sixty grand, so people, when people see it, they say, "Oh wow, this oh, one just deal. sold for 80. That JPEG file is a deal. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's no, in that JPEG and, deal. and here. Oh, did you hear yeah. it that time too? Yes. As it's uh, what is the movie Poltergeist where the TV is talking to them? Oh, look at you! There we go. See, I have some taste in you. movies. Um, you, you could have also done The Ring. Yeah, The Ring is another. There's another movie, horror movie with, with TVs. So essentially, it's just a giant pump and dump. I mean, it, it's it's like people, like I know people sell stuff on eBay just so it gets this, like, what is going on, Mr. Producer? They are trying to fix the phones. We have uh, the skeleton crew. Josh is in there. Josh. Josh, why don't, you, why don't you go to the microphone? Let everyone hear your sultry voice. Well, it's obviously some sort of holiday elves that are in the system. So it's I'm gremlins. trying my hardest to get to you. I can't hear you. Fauci? I need the headphones. They Fauci's the in headphones there? Anymore. I step it's away for gremlins. just a little while, and this is what I get. So we are trying to get work those it. worked out right so, now. So, yeah, work the problem, Josh. So Let's we see if we can know. get Joe back on. All righty. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why we can never get the phones to work. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't get it. Well, it's just a giant pump and dump. As as I think that's where we left off before the voices came in. Yes. It's it's in, incredible that any of that has been allowed to happen, and I think it's all playing into the the agenda of a a globalist. I mean, that's criminal to to artificially price something to then try to flee someone you know it's falsifying it's falsifying a record like you know if heritage auctions or sotheby's put up you know a masterpiece and they were shill bidding it with their own employees their own employees were shill bidding it to get it to a certain number and then tried to sell it to some guy you know like hey look that buyer wasn't you know that sure but it was a shill bidder like that's a criminal offense it, it can't be done Yeah, yeah, it, you're absolutely right. Well, Mr. Bruce, let's let's while you're working this issue with the phones, 
why don't we go ahead and, and play one of the other two clips I sent you. Go ahead and play it. I'm Either sorry, one. I have that. Uh, give me the clip here. I was oh. taking over for Max or for our friend here. And uh, it was the uh, first one or the second one? Either or. They don't have names, so okay. either or. I'm doing the second one. We try really to keep. Hey, this is what happens when you put me <laughs> in out of nowhere. Two. Hey, I think I got oh, no, the phone no, system no. fixed. I think I know what was what was wrong. So let's try Joe right now. Okay. Are you there, Joe? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. So sorry, we we were losing you by uh, the Wi-Fi signal. Go ahead, keep going. <laughs> no, I didn't have. I don't have. I don't even remember what we were talking about after fifteen minutes. You were calling me Doom and Bloom. Yeah, Jake is ruining and Christmas, and you told him. You're to stop. Mad I'm not doing it. Yeah, I mean, look, we're two days before Christmas. You kind of are. Have you I been mean, a positive economist? I mean, Jay Powell, uh, right? Yes. And Jay Powell? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Okay. Yellen? Janet Yellen? But listen, but listen it, it's, I mean, you can go back to uh, the George Bush era where they told everyone to run out and buy cars and mass up debt so it could mask what was happening in the uh, fall down in 2008. You could do that, yeah, Jake. You got you, you got to get more positive. You're you're, you're doing the equivalent of telling everyone. You're doing the equivalent of telling everyone that Santa Claus is not coming to town. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, I mean, you can actually say that Santa Claus is not coming to town, but Jesus will come to a town near you. You just have to invite him in. Set a, set a place at the table for him. Oh, look, the, the grumpy economist doesn't have anything to say now. I, no, I, I keep don't take waiting as, for Jake to break no, out into no. a U2 song. I don't take, classes. I don't ta look, I'll have 20-20 vision when I'm in my 50s because I don't stare at screen. No glasses. You should get a pair. People should get a pair. Uh, blue light affects your hormone production, so it disrupts your, your hormones. And uh, Oh, my gosh. Please don't. Please don't. No, seriously. Please there don't. are actually studies behind this, Joe. Please don't. Oh, my gosh. We're going to break out to the Zen Master now. We went from economist to Zen yeah. Master with Jake. Rio. Anything else, Joe? Oh, look. He's, he's getting... Oh, look. He's, I think he's butthurt. I can't see because I can't see the video because it's not working right now. I, I, I can't tell because I can't see his eyes because whenever he looks up, all I see is a reflection of the lights on his glasses. That's the light not making it into my <laughs> eyes and damaging my eyes. So, uh, <laughs> science, Max. Trust the science. I oh, man, I'm, yeah, I'm trusting it. Well, so, so talk listen, to us we, about, we already know that Josh market, doing? How, how, how is how is Josh not, not producer Josh the other Josh how is he doing? He's not he's not doing so hot. He's doing better than he was when he was you know in a hotel room, you know wasting away. So at least we'll get him home and uh, time for Christmas and it should be good. We should get in somewhere somewhere around uh, eight or nine o'clock tonight. So how did Josh get but, left hey, behind in a hotel room in Florida? Well, he got COVID while he was on a cruise ship for his mom's. Uh, I'll kind of give you guys a quick update. So his mom has um, advanced ALS, and um, and uh, so as a result of it, you know, she wanted one last trip, and this is her one last trip. So her one last trip is uh, to take a cruise, 
And so he took his uh, 83-year-old grandmother and his mother on a cruise. Um, and, uh, you know, he got COVID, I think probably the day he got there. But he started feeling bad the next day. And his mom had some special needs. So he didn't want to tell the tell the uh, ship about, uh, uh, about his COVID. So he, he basically... Um, hid in his room for five days until he left the final port because he figured they'd leave him there and he didn't want to leave his mother and grandmother on the ship alone. And uh, finally, after he knew that they had to go all the way back to the port um, in Miami, he went and told them what was happening. They gave him antibiotics. By that time, he had pneumonia and um, it advanced pretty, pretty heavily. And then from there, he went to the hospital and the hospital wanted to admit him. And, uh, you know, pumped full of things that probably would have killed him. And uh, so he checked himself out, went to a hotel and and uh, just buck- bunkered down. And then we had, uh, you know, kind of a call out to doctors in Florida. And I got uh, Dr. Eads, Dr. Liz Eads to help with some prescriptions and some others um, that, that helped get him the proper care until I can get down there. And then I flew in yesterday and started our drive back. And yeah, well, again, well, it's a 21 hour drive. So we did stop in Pensacola and just take a little bit of a breather. But yeah, yeah, now it's just getting him back to a place where he can relax and, and recover. Well, that's good. I hope Josh feels better. Um, probably better that he didn't get stuck in a Florida hospital. I want to ask you, Joe, yeah. if you want to respond. Yeah. I have. I have Google alert set up for your name and my name and my, yeah, my yeah. email inbox has been blowing up with Google alerts because the story with you and Joe Von Pulitzer has gone viral. News made picked it up. He made vice news. Uh, if we go ahead and oh, wow, my great. screen, this is how, this is how Newsweek is referring to it. Newsweek is referring to it as quote, Q anon friendly event attendees are coming down sick. They think it's anthrax, end quote. Do you have any response? No, that's not to what happened. Media? I know, I know. Do you have any response that's, to that's that? That's not what happened at all. Why am I getting an echo again, John? You're not. All right. You guys hear me? Yes. All right. That's not what I said. What I said is, and I, and I talked to a uh, reporter with Insider yesterday, is that Jovan came down with all the symptoms that would be consistent with anthrax or a derivative of anthrax. Pretty simple. Lesions, weeping, skin shedding, cough, bloody stools, stuff that we call pink unicorns, right? So I've seen anthrax at work, and it sounded like anthrax. Now, there, there's a lot. Can you guys hear me? Yes. There's a lot of people that came down sick, not just two or three. What I find interesting is that the coordinated attack by the left and the right again, and this is what I call controlled opposition when you try to destroy a movement, and I think that's frankly what this is. This is people on the inside of, of uh, let's get to the bottom of election fraud. We know that we're already there. We know that we have all the proof. And they're like, let's just try to destroy it, right? So I'm going to tell you that it was a biological attack. There's no question about it. Jovan's um, symptoms were severe, 
severe, severe. And there's other people that got really, really sick, and I got really, really sick. And so it's not hard to, to imagine and how this could be a uh, issue. And, and to call me QAnon, I don't even know what Q is. And this is, again, the radical left. This is, again, the radical left, the liars on the radical left doing what they do, just being pieces of trash. Yeah. Oh, well, I just wanted to give you a chance to respond since I know this, this all broke while you were going to Florida. Um, do you have any other message for everyone break. as we go into Well, no, the, the mainstream media picking it up. Um, do you have all any right. other message for everyone as we go into Christmas on, uh, tomorrow and on Saturday? Yeah, we're winning. That's why they're doing what they're doing right now is we're winning. The radical left has has literally all the fear and none of the leverage at this point. And for them to do what they did at this event, there's no question that it was an attack at this event. But you have lots and lots of people that came down with bacterial infections. And here's the worst part about the mainstream media that I found out yesterday talking to another uh, journalist. They don't even know what anthrax is. I don't know what anthrax is. I go, you realize that anthrax is a bacteria typically delivered in spore form. You can ingest it. And he's like, no, I didn't know that. I thought it was some biological weapon that was mass produced. I said, no, it's naturally occurring. Yeah, actually. I think people re and most often to it is it affects Ebola-like. They think, oh, mo it's mo like... Go ahead. So they think anthrax, like literally your, your skin melts and everything else. That's not what happens. That's not what happened. You develop all the symptoms that Jovan Pulitzer developed. And by the way, all, most of the people, if not all the people that are sick, developed bacterial infections. How does that happen naturally, Max? Any idea? Uh -huh. Food? It doesn't. It doesn't. All right, well, do, do you have anything else? Uh, I, I don't want to take your mind off of driving because you do have to drive you and Josh safely. Do you have anything else you want to add before we let you go? No, have a Merry Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas and I'll uh, see you guys. Are we doing a show tomorrow? No. We are doing a show tomorrow, aren't we? No, it's a, tomorrow is the federal holiday. Tomorrow is the legal holiday of Christmas since Christmas falls on Saturday, so we don't have anything planned for tomorrow. Well, I may do a podcast tomorrow. i got plenty to say. Good to have right. a podcast on Christmas. All right. Well, Merry we'll Christmas, drive Joe. safely, Joe. Merry Christmas. All right, Merry. And uh, give Josh our best. All right, we'll do. Take care. That was Joe driving, friend of the show, Josh, not producer Josh, another Josh, um, back from Florida, came down with COVID, was, uh, didn't want to get admitted to the hospital. So he went to a hotel room, and Joe went and picked him up, and now they're driving from Florida. I believe they're going to Texas now. Um, so I wish him all the best. So, Jake, I want to get you in a little bit more of a festive mood because you're, you're a little Debbie Downer. I'm not a Debbie on the Downer. economy. Max, I'm a not a Debbie, Debbie Downer. Downer. I'm a realist. I'm a realist and a rationalist. And Downer. so it's like if you, if you take a pile of crap and you cover it in frosting, it's still a pile of crap. Okay, Max? And so usually, I mean, you're not, you don't usually hear songs about piles of crap for like, like Christmas songs. That's all I'm saying. That's the bottom of the thing. All right. Well, <laughs> guess what? My sleep pattern is not disrupted. 
All right. No, that wasn't bothering. I, I was just saying. I'm not. That wasn't bothering. I'm just saying. Usually around Christmas, you don't ha- you don't have people singing carols about the pile of crap that just got frosting on it. This is true. Okay, I thought it was Bono reference because of the glasses. But Jake, you, mu- not... you must be great at parties. What? Why? Why do you ask? Why do you keep saying these things, Max? I, I no. I just imagine. I just imagine everyone having a good time. Jake walks up with drinking. The entire international monetary system. <laughs> we're all going to die. Collapse. Yeah, we're all going to die. And you just walk away. <laughs> uh, yeah, who's that guy? Yeah. Uh, no, no, look, I, 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 I welcome people to just see it for what it is. Look, everyone up until the housing crisis, all the bankers were saying, yeah, you can own a home, you can do this. And then most of those people ended up suffering. So if I can logically get people to realize that there are things that are being told and sold to you, that are going to be the ball around your ankle or the chain around your ankle, right? Or not. Yeah, there's not really a fun way. I mean, like I could get some crayons and paper, but there's not really a, a fun way to go about it, you know, or, a, you know, a Sesame Street sing-along to go, to go about it, Max. So, yeah, I mean. Uh, I, I think challenge accepted. So we're going to have to Sesame do a, a Street? Sesame Street sing-along, sing-along? on the yeah. collapse of the international monetary system yeah i mean look look at oscar the grouch why is he angry why does he live in a garbage he can lives, lives in a garbage can well, why does he live in a garbage can i don't know i don't know i don't know the backstory i i mean i assume it's probably hard times but you know he's not too happy i'm gonna look that up why does oscar live in a trash can <laughs> you know they actually got rid of him did they? Oscar the Grouch, I don't think he's in a trash can anymore. <clears throat> they said it was something about uh, fiscal or like socioeconomic uh, inequality, so he was a bad example because he was always angry because he was living in a garbage can. So the real answer for why he was in a garbage can was to hide the puppeteer. <laughs> that sounds like a Google filter was run on that. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that no, that's Oscar why the they Grouch put got him in a trash can. See, that's the thing. That's, I believe you know, that. They, they, they cancel economics classes in high schools, right? But they keep shop open where kids just destroy stuff and nail things to the wall. Uh, but they get rid of, you know, and then they get rid of the reality of Oscar the Grouch is really a just, you know, he's angry because he's living in a garbage can. Remove, yeah. the, remove the facets of society that you don't want people to see. So when they are presented with them in real life, then, then they have no way to navigate it. So I, I actually disagree. I think there should be more people like Peter Schiff and uh, uh, I think Robert Kiyosaki talking about this because at the end of the day, they told every kid that was in my generation, and I can speak from this because I'm, I'm 29 years old, go out, what do you want to do? Find the thing you want to do, get the education. It doesn't matter how much it costs, just take it, take it, take it. And they've created a generation of slaves. So Joe wants to talk about slaves. I've never heard of slavery in a positive light. Right. So if, if it's necessary to say these things with the ultimate goal being actually the actual ultimate goal and the actual ultimate product is positivity in that that person was shocked enough into maybe learning something they didn't know or hearing about something new. Right. And then they make a change in their own life based about it. I'll be happy to be called, you know, negative on that, because ultimately no one, when a building's on fire, goes, hey, there's a fire. People shout and scream there's a fire. 
And it's not like a positive thing. Everyone's like, oh, there's a fire. Let's go get marshmallows. No, people run out of the building. And that's the intent. If you want to talk about a positive economist, Janet Yellen and Jay Powell, well, you know, fire up the printing. Right. You know, so they're not even economists. Those people should be locked in a prison cell for the th damage they've done to this country. And, you know, what, the, the slavery they've relegated an entire generation and that, that generation's generation to for the next hundred years at their uh, profiteering and expense and negligence. So that's my rant, Max. But it's it seems like you might be better served celebrating Festivus. I think Festivus might be a better What is, is that the thing with the creature from like Europe? Oh, I forgot. You don't watch TV shows. It's from Seinfeld. The Grumpus? So no, the Crumpus. No, no. Do you know the Crumpus no, that, that was a No, that is an evil demon that is, is in some mythologies no, it, around Christmas. The, was it the Krampus? Krampus. Krampus. Yeah. No, yeah, Festivus. It's... Festivus is the name of a holiday that was created on Seinfeld and it involves the raising of an aluminum pole, eating a dinner, then everyone airs their grievances and you end the, the night with demonstrations of feats of strength. I mean, there's nothing I can really break in here. No, but the airing of grievances. Oh, uh, yeah. I feel, no, like, I I feel mean, like, look, like you would be at home <laughs> with that as a holiday. <laughs> Maybe. Well, now you have to watch Seinfeld, too. That's your other, that's your other homework. They're quick episodes. They're easy episodes. Oh, I forgot. I, I, thought, I thought you would have gotten the Festivus reference. No, Max. Well, do we have anything? Yeah. Do, we, do we have anything left to go over, or uh, or should we wrap it up? I think we. I mean, I think we're good to. I think we're good to wrap it up. You know, I I can take into my Christmas cheer the harassment of wearing these glasses and being negative, and maybe just become more negative. I'm not negative. For anyone listening, I'm not a negative person. I'm a realist. Okay, <laughs> stoic and realist. He's dripping positivity. <laughs> I have a great life. I, I mean, I just hope I, 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 I see what they're doing to everyone else. And I hope they, you know, it's it's the idea of taking an 18 year old kid out of college or high school and saying, oh, you can get this brand new Ford Mustang and you only have to put a thousand dollars down. And the kid's like, oh, that's it. And all the girls will talk to me. Right. And then he gets home and realizes that they hit him with an 18 percent APR. And. Now the kid's a dead slave. His life's ruined. You know, to spend the next. So, so no. I mean, I. Where, I, where do you I, have an eighteen? Where do you have an eighteen percent APR? On a, on a on like car loans. Like I'm, that was an overshot. Of, but like car, like kids out of high school getting hit with huge loans. Or oh yeah, percentages yeah, yeah. If, if, if on you, a car. If you, if you fall for that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and that is, the positivity is what sells it to people. So I, I would say I'm an objective realist, which people may perceive as negative, but. The actual negativity that you're hearing is not my creation. It's me revealing the creation of others, revealing the intent. You're a product of, of your surroundings. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's me saying for what it is for face value because 90% of everything in your life is sold to you something uh, as something else under a guise of positivity, false marketing. That's what it is. So there's false marketing and real marketing, and then maybe it's not what people want to hear, and it's perceived as negativity. But no, I mean, I don't take it that way. I have a, I have a great. Do you have any? Up. Do you have any happy message to end the show with going into Christmas? Any happy messaging? Uh, don't let communism thrive in this country. Get rid of <laughs> communists. You know, if there's anything you should put on the top 
of a Christmas tree, right, Max? I think you should get rid yeah. of the star, <clears throat> right? And just put the head of a communist. <laughs> well, that's one way to do it. Well, in an attempt to end pre-Christmas episode with a little bit of levity, we missed the 10-year anniversary of the greatest tweet ever. The greatest tweet ever was written by Donald Trump on December 21st, 2011. If we put up my screen, Mr. Producer, this is from Donald Trump 10 years <laughs> ago. The Barney Frank one. Yes. Put up my screen, Mr. Producer. Barney Frank looked disgusting, nipples protruding in his blue shirt before Congress. Very, very disrespectful. And then below is the picture that Donald That's Trump was disgusting. referring to. Barney Frank walking in to Congress like that. Um, I think this will go down in the uh, as the best tweet of Donald Trump's ever. I know that there are many. I know Kafefe is up there, but this is probably my my personal favorite because he said what everyone was thinking and no one else in politics were willing to to, to write at the time. So end this with uh, recognition of the 10-year anniversary of Donald Trump's Barney Frank tweet. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio version. All those links are in the description, especially Apple Podcasts. If you can, give us a five-star review so we can climb up in those rankings. We go live 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. So tune in for that. If you need a reminder, if you want those Facebook refugees, you can text the word freedom, F-R-E-E-D-O-M to 89517. You'll get added to our text alert system and you'll get a text alert telling you what we're talking about and how, when, and where you can watch. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And I'm Jake Freyho. And I'm not negative. And remember, everyone, not, not positive, though. I don't think you're negative, but we just got to bump up your spirits. I think you need a little Christmas miracle. Well, I'll wait for whatever present you sent me in the mail, Max. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to be it for this edition. Remember, everyone, the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but remember... We will not win unless we all stamp and fight together.